0: What's up, everybody? On today's show, the great Phil Steele going to join us. We'll talk all things SEC with him as his preview guide is hitting the newsstands this weekend. Of course, you can find everything you need at philsteele.com. He's the one and only. He's the godfather. He talks to us next right here on Locked on SEC. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Run along here, Locked On SEC, one of our favorite guests to get on as we start to get ever so closer to the college football season. As a guy who's been doing this so long, his preview magazines are the Bible that every college sports fan has to have on them as they get ready for the college football season and dive into all the numbers and all the research. And he is the one and only Phil Steele, as Phil Steele's college football preview is out at uh, philsteel.com and this weekend in stores at Barnes & Noble. Phil Steele, welcome in, sir. How are you?
1: You know, I'm doing great, Chris. How about yourself today?
0: We're doing good, Phil. It just means we're getting so, so close to yet another college football season, and we love having you on to talk all things college football. I was looking through the numbers, and 352 pages, Phil. It it feels like this thing gets bigger and bigger every year. How much time do you spend before, uh, you know, how much effort and time goes into putting together the Phil Steele magazine?
1: You know, it's it's all we work on here at Phil Steele Publications for six and a half months. It all starts the uh, the, the, the Sunday after Thanksgiving when most seasons when most team seasons are complete. Uh, we be, begin the analysis of the teams for next year, go through the process. I've got nine different sets of power ratings. We, do, we write the magazine in a three uh, write-through process. The first write-through is postseason, where we read through everything that happened during the year. Every article is written about the team, what they have lost, what they have coming back, and write it down. The second one is spring. You get the addition of the freshmen added into it and uh, any transfers that have happened since then. Then the third one is the post-spring, and that's when I talk to the head coaches. And this year I talked to approximately 120 of the 130 head coaches. Conversations generally last about an hour apiece. And uh, after going through those conversations, putting the team in the right order, we finish the third and final part of the process. So it starts uh, the end of November and goes all the way through the, the middle of June. And we come out later than everybody else does, but that's so that we can capture all the moves in the transfer portal.
0: Well, I think I kind of have an unhealthy obsession, Phil. Not only do I need the magazine to read it and take all the information in, but I've collected them every year, and I can't not have one. So, like, it's like I have to have them every year to complete my collection on my bookshelf. So, um, I appreciate all the effort and work that you put into it. Uh, before we get into some specific teams, Phil, I do have just kind of some broad questions. I was at the Manning Passing Academy recently and got to talk with a lot of the SEC quarterbacks that were there. And the thing that stands out to me, Phil, is there's a lot of experience coming back at quarterback in the sec obviously it starts with the heisman trophy winner and bryce young but from will levis to hendon hooker to kj jefferson there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the sec and is that kind of something that stood out to you this year as you were starting to look into uh, all the numbers
1: yeah absolutely especially picking the uh, all sec team this year uh who do you leave out (laughs) and it's uh there's some pretty good names that were left out of the mix and we go four deep on our on our list so yes I think uh, most teams in the SEC have got some pretty outstanding quarterbacks. You take a look at a guy like Spencer Rattler coming in. Uh, He was a Heisman favorite heading into last season, and now he's the quarterback of South Carolina. I think it's a big upgrade for the Gamecocks uh, with both he and Luke Doty back this year. Levis, as you talked about, uh, NFL prospects looking at him, and uh, it is a loaded conference. But you know what? Probably not just a quarterback. We're probably talking about that at every position in the SEC. You know it's the best conference in college football.
0: How do you determine first-year head coaches, particularly in the SEC, Phil? When we talk about Brian Kelly, who's got all the skins on the wall from his years at Notre Dame, Billy Napier, who's one of the up-and-coming guys who did a great job at Louisiana, now at Florida. How do you kind of determine what to expect from those guys? What should expectations be of first-year head coaches in a big conference like the SEC?
1: i tell you, it has changed a little bit. You go back and let's take a look at, uh, you know, three, four years ago, uh, first-year head coach. They didn't have the transfer portal wide open like it is. So generally when players leave the program, which happens with first-year head coaches because players are recruited by somebody else, uh, teams tend to be a little bit thin in that first year. Well, the transfer portal's corrected that a little bit, so I think that's helping first-year head coaches, a guy like Billy Napier stepping in. Uh, is going to be able to bring in a lot of transfers like he did, and that's going to help. But the same thing with LSU. LSU lost an awful lot of players from last year, uh, but they've tr- – brought in a lot of transfers coming in which are really going to help them out so i think the transfer portal helps but overall there's generally a learning curve in that first year and you know talking to all the head coaches like i do I can tell you almost every single head coach in his second year will tell you, well, things are a lot better this year. The players know our systems, both offensively and defensively. I know the players inside and out. We now have had a full recruiting class where you know, we weren't scrambling at the last minute to bring guys in. I can't tell you how much better shape we are in the second year than we were the first year.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned the the transfer portal. And, and look, LSU, they bring in Joe Fouché and Greg Brooks from Arkansas. They go into their secondary. Alabama brings in Jameer Gibbs from, from Georgia Tech at running back. Eli Ricks at DB. It's one thing to have talented players, but man, it's hard to figure out, is this guy going to fit this scheme? Is it going to work? You know, there's there's so many dynamics that go into that, not just having a talented player through the portal.
1: Yeah, and you hit that right on the head. In fact, you know, going through uh, and and last year was really our first real full year of the transfer portal. It was full blown, and we had many teams that had eight to ten transfer players coming in. And of those teams that had eight to ten transfers, I can tell you there are teams in the country that had zero of those ten actually earn a starting spot, and there were some where they had five or six of the ten earned starting spots. So not every transfer is going to be coming into your team and starting the first year. Now, a guy like uh, Gibbs coming over from Georgia Tech going to Alabama, I think that's a perfect fit there. He's an NFL caliber running back playing behind that offensive line. I think he's going to step in and do well. But uh, surprisingly, and and here's something interesting, going through the teams, and we go through every player when I talk to the coaches, uh, it seems like a lot of the FCS transfers actually fit in better, especially along the offensive line. And what we got talking about, and I would ask the coaches this question, and they would say that uh, it's all about repetitions. And with the FCS, a three-year starter in the FCS, Has had three years of repetitions. They're able to step right in and start in many locations. So keep an eye on the FCS transfers. A lot of them are going to surprise you.
0: More with Phil Steele in just a second, but need to remind you guys, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including all the games throughout Major League Baseball season, looking ahead to college football season. BetOnline, your continued source for all your sports wagering information. they got live betting, eSports, scores, and, of course, podcasts and news throughout the year. BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. They even got you covered for MMA, boxing, golf, whatever it is. Head on over to their website today. You can do so on your mobile device. Learn all about the trends and action. Again, all the stuff that's coming for college football, from Heisman odds to uh, college football playoff odds, winning the national championship, all that is going to be up there for you at BetOnline.net. BetOnline, it is where the game starts. Continuing our conversation with Phil Steele, philsteele.com. Of course, the preview magazine, Phil Steele's college football preview out at Barnes & Noble this weekend. And Phil, I do want to get into a couple of your teams that you have in the top 10. We'll start with Texas A&M, ranking number nine overall going into this season. They just had the number one recruiting class, a historic recruiting class. They still need to decide on a starting quarterback. But in your opinion, why are the Aggies a top 10 team heading into this year?
1: Well, Jimbo Fisher's had four incredible recruiting classes back-to-back-to-back-to-back, to back to back to back, and, and they've got the talent that could be with the big boys. A little inexperienced in some areas this year. In fact, I think next year Texas A&M will be higher than preseason number nine, uh, perhaps towards the top. They've really, Jimbo Fisher's doing an incredible job recruiting, bringing in the players. They still have talent at every spot. You look at uh, the battle of QB, Max Johnson, the Hades King at QB. Uh, a chain at running back, but they've got some talented guys behind the chain. And then Anaya Smith, a guy that's played running back and wide receiver, a dangerous receiver. The offensive line last year had just one returning starter. This year they've got an experienced unit with uh, Bryce Foster, Layden Robinson, uh, Fathery all back. And defensively, that's where they lost something in the front seven, but Fisher's bringing in some great recruiting classes. If they can get experienced by the end of the year, I think a and going to be right at the top of the line of uh, teams playing.
0: The reigning national champs, Phil, the Georgia Bulldogs, they come in at number three in your rankings. It seems like when I look at the numbers, Phil, maybe they take a step back defensively because of all the guys they lose to the draft, but it looks like this offense has a chance to be just as productive, if not better, with Stetson Bennett and so many of the pieces back on offense. Is that what you see?
1: Yeah, seven starters back on offense, and Bennett now is at least the guy. Remember last year when he was playing, even during most of the season, he wasn't the guy. Everybody was wondering when's JT Daniels coming back and when Daniels comes back, who's going to be the QB. But I think Bennett winning the playoff games like he did uh, has really cemented him in that spot. The offensive line, though, is where they're really going to be dominant. They've got one of the best offensive lines In the country this year, I read it the number two O-line. They've got dangerous receivers to work with Bennett. And, uh, you know, Eric Gilbert, a guy that uh, adds in with Brock Bowers. They've got one of the best tight end positions out there. Now, defensively, they lost some players. But if you follow Georgia, you know they play a lot of players on defense. They go three deep. So they've got a lot of guys with a lot of experience on the defensive side of the ball and uh, I think they're going to surprise you defensively. They're not going to be what last year's defense was, but they're going to be pretty close. And I think uh, led by a, a guy like Jalen Carter, who's dominant at the guard position.
0: Look, if you run your own small business, things are starting to pick back up, and LinkedIn Jobs is making it easier for you to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. You can create a job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small business uh, rates LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs. Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. You know, every week nearly 40 million job seekers are visiting LinkedIn. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. You can post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Start finding the best workers you can find to make your business even better at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Continue our conversation with Phil Steele of philsteele.com. And, Phil, just a couple more for you. Alabama, your preseason number one team. They bring back the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young. Some new pieces at wide receiver and on the old line And I do have some concerns for that offensive line. But, man, Bryce Young has shown it doesn't matter. Even with a mediocre offensive line, he's still going to get the job done and get the ball out of his hands. Uh, why are the Tide, in your opinion, the top team coming into this season?
1: Yeah, you got the reigning Heisman Trophy winner on offense. You add in a Jer Gibbs at running back. You know they always are dangerous at uh, receiver, and they've got the players that they're adding in. uh, Harrell coming in from Louisville, and then uh, Jermaine Burton coming in from Georgia, which is a big plus. They've got uh, Latou at the tight end spot. And offensive line-wise, While they lose some guys this year, I still rate them the number 13 offensive line in the country. And defensively, much like I mentioned with A&M, when you've got top recruiting classes year after year, you've got a lot of talent there. Their guys on defense are actually more experienced than NA&M at, at or a lot of the teams out there. Will Anderson, arguably the top defensive player in the country, comes back. They've got Byron Young up front, Henry Toa Toa, who transferred him from Tennessee, now his second year in the system. And how about that secondary? Eli Ricks comes over from LSU, one of the top guys for the draft. Safety, they got Battle and uh, Helms. This is a team that's... Loaded with talent, got more experience than they usually do, and that's why they've got to be regarded as the favorites to win the title this year. What about a team in the East
0: that could surprise, Phil? Obviously, Kentucky brings in a lot of hype with that defense when Mark Stoops is done, Levis at quarterback. Hendon Hooker was fantastic last year in that Josh Heupel system at Tennessee. He now heads into another year with experience there. But who's a team in the East that you think maybe could surprise some people this year?
1: Well, I think the one team that's going to give Georgia its best run for the money would be Tennessee. Tennessee's offense last year was just unstoppable at times, 39.3 points per game. They've got Hendon Hooker back at QB. They've got the veteran offensive line. And defensively, I think they'll be improved. So that's going to be a huge game when they travel to Georgia on November 5th. But as far as a surprising team goes, I'm going to go with the Florida Gators. And Florida's coming off a 6-7 and seven season. They only have 13 returning starters. And to your point, uh, Chris, the, they only have they have a first-year head coach this year, but Napier's done a tremendous job bringing in the transfers. I think they have a brand-new attitude, uh, and I think you're going to see Florida surprise some folks. In fact, they're my number two most improved team in the country this year, and if anybody's going to get in the mix along with Georgia and perhaps a Tennessee, it would be Florida.
0: And on the western side, Phil, obviously, Arkansas, K.J. Jefferson. Look, his numbers aren't eye-popping, but that guy, if you need a game-winning drive, that guy did it a lot last year, putting the team on his back and leading them down the field to go win a game. Uh, Will Rogers, so productive in that Mike Leach offense at of Mississippi State. You can never count them out. And Ole Miss, man, seems like a wild card. Lane Kiffin's brought in all these transfer portal pieces, have no idea what they're going to look like, but we know the offense is going to be good. Uh, who's maybe a team that to watch in the west that could surprise
1: folks? Uh, i tell you what, Chris. When I wrote the magazine, I said, okay, I'm picking Alabama one. I'm picking Texas A&M two. And I had five other teams there. It's like, <laughs> all right, which one are you picking third? Uh, I could pick any of the five third. All right, which one are you picking last? Right. I don't want to pick any of them last. <laughs> I mean, they are just – uh, uh, playing in the sec west is just ridiculous and as it came out i didn't pick anybody last i got two teams tied for sixth i originally was just going to tie everybody for third so i mean it is a wide open race there as far as which one comes in third. I'll just touch on them briefly. You start with Arkansas. Sam Pittman, phenomenal job. Five upsets in two years. Uh, I was shocked they, they dominated Texas and Texas A&M like they did. As you touch on K.J. De- Jefferson is back. And while the defense loses six of its top ten tacklers, they get Cantalone back. They'll be solid. Ole Miss, as you touched on, they've got a lot of guys gone, but a lot of transfers coming in. So the king of the transfer portal, how's that going to work out? I think a lot of it depends on quarterback play jackson dart luke altmeyer are both among the top qbs coming out when they came out of high school they had in a zach evans once again the number one rated running back out of high school so the talent's there and their schedule uh chris really sets up well they could open up the season seven and oh probably be favored in either of their first seven games this year and if that's the case they'll be playing with a lot of confidence i think you're under the radar team though it's definitely auburn most teams have picked them last in the, the division. And here's the thing. Everybody says, oh, Harson's running something toxic there, a lot of players transferring out. The thing I've found with first-year head coaches is that when a lot of players transfer out, they're getting rid of the bad apples, you know, the ones that are not there. And I, I think Auburn this year has got a much higher buy-in level than they did last year, and they've got talent. So I think Auburn's going to surprise some folks. You go to Mississippi State, talking to Coach Mike Lee, one of the reasons I've got them at the bottom is, their schedule they have a brutal schedule uh, a lot of tough games on the road they also draw Georgia coming out of the east so probably the toughest schedule of the west teams but they're this is his best team that he's put on the field in three years and then how do you pick LSU near the bottom Brian Kelly is at LSU. They've got a lot of talent. He brought in a lot of transfers. But going back to the first-year head coach, tough schedule. They have to play at Florida this year. Uh, I've, I've got uh, LSU down there. But all five of these teams, Chris, it's tough to pick one at the top and one at the bottom.
0: Yeah, and, and the thing with Brian Harson is, you never know what a guy like this responds with his his assistant coaches. Now you know he he could just feel like, uh, hey, I got nothing to lose. Let's go out there and lay it all out there. And that that's when a D team is very dangerous. So we'll see what happens there on the Plains. He is Phil Steele, of and they, course. And, oh, go ahead.
1: and they uh, they should have beat Alabama last year. <laughs> yeah, No, no doubt. I mean, they
0: they had them beat. And uh, how different we would feel about things if they just hold on to for that win. Uh, Phil Steele, the Phil Steele's College Football Preview, of course. You can find it at philsteele.com and at Barnes & Noble this weekend. One more time, Phil, remind folks uh, what they can get in the uh, preview guide this year.
1: I yeah, appreciate that, Chris. It's it's really got four times the amount of information in any other magazine out there. 352 pages, no white space, no ads, just information on top of information. But the beautiful thing, all the info's in the same spot on every page. And we give you the same amount of coverage on Troy or Akron that we give you on Alabama and Auburn, two full pages. You'll be an instant expert on every team, and you know exactly where to look when you want to find the information. Now, as mentioned, it's been a little late this year. We had a little problem with the printer, but it's going to be at Barnes & Noble. should be by Friday. All Barnes & Nobles will have the magazine. Or you can call uh, our office direct, and that number is 866-918-7711. That's 866-918-7711 we'll ship them out through the office. But either way, once you get your hands on the magazine, you'll be using it all football season long.
0: Well, I already got my highlighter ready, and I'm ready to go to work once I get my hands on it this weekend. Phil, thanks so much for the time. I really appreciate
1: it. Hey, a lot of fun talking football with you today, Chris.
0: All right, thanks so much. He is the great Phil Steele. Of course, uh, philsteel.com is the website, and he does a, a fantastic job. Always enjoy our visits with Phil Steele every year uh, looking ahead to the college football season. This has been Locked on SEC. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Check out some of the other great podcasts uh, out there on the Locked on Podcast Network. You got Locked on Ole Miss. You got Locked on Aggies. You got Locked on Bama. Some great, great podcasts. Go find them wherever you get your podcasts. Make them your second listen today. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on SEC. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you guys next week right here unlocked on SEC.